0: Listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com.
1: We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the
2: military-industrial complex. For well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy, conspiracy, have before us the opportunity to forge, for ourselves and for future generations, a new world order. Either you are with us,
3: or you are with the
4: terrorists. The Lord is my shepherd,
1: I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, he leadeth me beside the still waters.
5: In the house of the Lord Podcasting to you from the center of Edmond, Oklahoma, where I believe I am the only person who has lived in Edmonds, Washington, and Edmond, Oklahoma. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny.
3: And podcasting from Piedmont, Oklahoma, trying to dodge the chemtrails, I'm Andrew Hoffman.
5: Well... I probably am not because there's a lot of people in Edmonds, really. So I'm sure there's people who've lived in both places. Well,
3: I was thinking like citizen number one in Edmonds, Washington, but then again, they got the name wrong. They got the name wrong. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah.
5: That's that's weird. Also, I I forgot to mention. I was going to say this in my intro. I'm ready for this podcast. I know that because I have no less than three beverages at my disposal here. For (laughs) I I have ice water topo chico some some tea nice dodging chemtrails yeah what in the world is happening so i've seen tons of chemtrails i think i sent you a video about chemtrails i spoke to flat earth lady at the uh, haircut place it's called also mm-hmm. known as a barbershop thank you ladies and gentlemen i'll be here all week um <laughs> and she mentioned that there was somebody who came out at Tinker and said that there was some sort of spraying program and then it's been wiped from the internet since so I went digging around for that came up with that video that says there's chemtrail factory at Tinker which is weird so I sent that video over to you Uh, meanwhile the last week it's just every day all day there are chemtrails Every day, all day. Now, what's interesting about that, is, as uh, we talked about, or I talked about with Tyler a few weeks ago, that I'm in a... It was in a men's group there for a little bit. I follow a lot of these guys on Twitter. And one thing I found to be interesting is, you know, they, they'll, they'll take pictures of themselves, or them with their kids, or doing something while they're exercising or whatever. But I'm noticing chemtrails in the backgrounds of their photos. hmm So, uh... Tyler lives in just outside Nevada or just outside Las Vegas out in Nevada and there's tons of chemtrails where it like above his head and a picture that he recently took outside with his daughter. There's another guy named Nate. I think I played a clip from him a few weeks ago. He does the midweek motivator. Solid Christian dude. Super cool. But he's in South Carolina and he's got a, a video where he just got done running outside And both of these videos almost look fake because of how thick the chemtrails are behind them. It almost looks, like, dystopic.
3: Yeah, I'm trying to see what... Let's see. Oh, so it was Monday. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Monday we were texting each other, and it was... So I go out in the morning. Beautiful, clear blue sky. And there are just I, I run parallel it. lines going, choo, choo, yep. choo, and
5: it was overcast, and it stayed overcast this entire week, which is rare for here. Extremely you know. rare for here. I run every morning, and most mornings, it's it's clear. I get out there and run, I can see the moon, it's clear, and then all of a sudden, midway through the day, it's just hazy everywhere. Yeah. It's it's weird. I can look up, see the stars, see the moon. It's a it's my it's my time alone with God. Read some or listen to some sermons. It's awesome. But then, midway through the day, all of a sudden you look up and it's just crisscrossing the sky, and it's here and it's there, and it's just it's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot. It's it's a lot. I don't know if it's just you and me mentioning it and noticing it, but it's. It seemed like this week it really ramped up. I don't know. No, there were a lot. There were a lot this week. I.
3: Yeah. I mean, you can look for patterns. Uh, you were in Seattle Mm -hmm. and I think it was Christmas Eve or Christmas day. Mm -hmm. And I was outside or or maybe the day after, but still, you know, holiday time. And it was the most beautiful, like pure blue sky ever, not a chemtrail in sight. And it's not like people don't fly commercial aircraft. Right. On around Christmas the or the day all around the holidays, okay. But no, the chemtrail pilots had the had the holidays off. That was that was pretty clear. So yeah I mean it's happening. It's like can we could we at least know what you're spraying? Is yeah. that too much to ask? Like could you admit it's going on and tell us what's happening and you know, then maybe we can Decide if that's something we want sprayed on our heads.
5: You, so something I've always pondered, are, like, is the weatherman in on it? Or is there software, like, eliminating these chemtrails? Because couldn't shouldn't the radar show a bunch of lines, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's been
3: clips where the weatherman basically references the chemtrails and what yeah, they're
5: doing. Those, that one in Florida, that disappeared quick.
3: Yeah. So, I don't know. In on it? Or do they, I'm sure they have a story for them.
5: Yeah, exactly. No, that's all compartmentalized. That's what I meant. Just not yeah. necessarily in on it, but just like the something takes it out, or oh, this is yeah. just military stuff. Don't worry it, about this. It's
3: like how they they had to invent like new types of clouds because the old <laughs> cloud types like don't really fit the chemtrail stuff. So it's like, oh, well, there's this kind of cloud and that kind of cloud now.
5: Do we have an adventurous rrn listener who is adventurous enough? To get two or three gallons of vinegar and boil it in their backyard on a fire, so supposedly this will blow a hole in the chemtrails, and I've seen this referenced numerous times. Really? Where just two or three gallons of two or three? Yeah, you boil it off. Okay. And I guess the gases go up and it keeps your area. Free of the chemtrails. I know it sounds weird, but I've heard multiple people reference it. Maybe they're just maybe they're just trying to get me to die and smell like <laughs> smell like a salad when I go. But uh, vinegar's amazing
3: stuff. Yeah, I don't you know. know. It, we'll but cl- clean said, out your water heater, and you know, yeah, I can see it doing said, some good.
5: Yeah, they said it's the only, but it only works with chemtrails. It, like a natural cloudy sky, it doesn't work. So. It's like hmm. a chemical reaction. It make, makes some sense in my head. Yeah. Welcome to Revelations Radio News where... Uh, Chemtrail talk. Even the uh, small is, talk is conspiracy-laden. Well, so,
3: you, you know, you sent me that person that was wanting to advertise on our podcast.
5: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is, yeah. A, there is a, the lady who keeps emailing me saying she, wants, she thinks Yeah, so would be should a good s- fit for the you brand. You should
3: say, like... Um, who do you have in mind to advertise during the chemtrails segment and who Oh, who do you have in mind to, during the eugenics they're trying to kill us all segment oh who do you have in mind for the anti-vax segment are there lots of sponsors lined up there there man i'll tell you what i for this show just kind of randomly i Uh, partially because of what you sent me, and then partially other stuff, I was listening to some different podcasts than I usually do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And ad-ridden podcasts.
5: Was that one I sent you, ad-ridden? Oh, yeah. Oh, see, I I didn't listen to it. (laughs) This is is how it goes, folks. A lot of stuff I send to Andrew. Andrew. Andrew listens to, I don't, but... My wife's listened to it, and my father-in-law's listened to it, and my coworkers have listened to it, but I, I did not get a chance to. I did get an explanation from each of them, and I'm excited to hear your explanation about what it is about, and I believe I could even fake my way through knowledge on the topic because of <laughs> ha- having heard from my wife and father-in-law and you, whom I trust, that you know, I, I have a rough idea what's going on there. So th- that one wasn't
3: even the worst one. Oh. So, and we can... Yeah, we can play this later on. Sure. But the Lex Friedman podcast.
5: Oh, and that's one of the bigger podcasts out there right now. I don't know. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Starts out with six, six, at least six minutes of ads. Really?
3: Like starts out like he, he goes, I'm talking to Ray Kurzweil today, blah, 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 for like 15 seconds. But first, let's get to today's. Sponsors, And then it's him doing it with his boring, ho- horrific voice going through six minutes straight of ads. It's like, come on, people. And that's
5: one of the biggest podcasts. Okay. Andrew, it, I, I don't think you can go after people for having a boring voice, Andrew. No, I know. I know I've got a boring voice, but, you know,
3: I don't make you listen to me read ads with the boring voice. I read interesting stuff with the boring voice.
5: Oh man, I
3: pre- prefer calm, Tim. I'm. So- <laughs> Remember the the nice lady that said we had cal-
5: calming voices. <laughs> she, she doesn't know me very well. Nobody's ever been like you know that Tim guy. Seems real calm. A so, calm guy.
3: All right. Well, we would better get it. So the the one you sent me was on a subject that we talked about, but didn't have. I guess. We were just kind of speaking off the cuff about reading.
5: Yes, yes. And that actually was a reference. I think this is full circle. I mentioned a conversation that I had had with my father-in-law, and it turns out was in reference to this podcast and what he had learned from it. And, and my wife was involved in that conversation as well. So I brought that and you were like, oh, that makes some sense. And I'm le- I'm learning kind of the same thing. So then I come across this podcast and send it to you and, and then my wife. And she's like, this, this is it. This is the one. I'm like, I probably should listen the first time around. My bad.
3: <laughs> so it's a American Public Media, which is like Minnesota. I don't, I don't know if it's like directly related to public broadcasting or what the relationship is. But it has the NPR sound. Oh, good. The dead room. Dead room. Yeah, and in a half-hour podcast, there's probably six minutes of ads. Goodness gracious. But, um, yeah, so very well-researched, and, you know, I mean, it's a good podcast. I, I'm not saying it isn't. And good information in this one. In fact, I've got a couple reason, uh for clipping the credits at the end which will will lead into our donation segment for a couple different reasons. But one of them
5: is uh, no Bill Gates Foundation on this one. No, 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 of course <laughs> not. No, the more you think about it, the more you hear about this, the more you start to realize Bill, Bill Gates and uh, Common Core, this is their follow-up. This is the encore mm-hmm. to Common Core.
3: Well, or simultaneous. I mean, it, I don't know which one went first, but this is the, you know, the attack in reading so we'll get into it uh apm sold the story is the name of the the podcast um sold the story clip one idea is wrong
6: kids are not being taught how to read because for decades teachers have been sold an idea about reading and how children learn to do it and that idea is wrong
5: Pretty concise, and I know where we're going. I mean, I like a podcast that lays it out quick. That you don't want one. You don't want to listen to a podcast where they like ramble on about other stuff for <laughs> five or ten minutes before they you're like. Is this about chemtrails? Is this about the weather? Are we still talking about the Northwest weather, even though you don't live there? Is this about sports? You don't want that kind of podcast. Just boom. This is the point.
3: Boom. Well, yeah. Here, here's the point. Uh, although. It is like the part I clipped out when they got to the point. So it's not exactly like that. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's just go on to clip to the reading strategies.
6: These were things kids were supposed to do when they came to a word they didn't know. Strategies to figure out the word. They were things like, look at the picture. Look at the first letter of the word. Think of a word that makes sense. Corinne wanted to tell Charlie to sound out the word. But handouts coming from school were telling her that wasn't a good idea, that sounding out words should be a last resort. So I was like, okay, well, this is a new different way and I'm sure they understand what they're doing because I do remember sounding out. I do remember
7: that activity.
6: But Charlie and his classmates were being taught to use these other strategies.
7: We're going to look at our book, Zelda and Ivy, The Runaways.
6: This is a video Charlie's teacher had her students watch during Zoom school in first grade. It's not Charlie's teacher in the video, but it's a lesson from the curriculum the school district was using.
7: I'm going to read a little bit of this story to you. And if I get stuck on a word, I want you to try to help me figure out what that word could be.
6: The teacher reads the story. The kids can see the words on the screen. They're following along as she reads. And then the teacher comes to a word that she's covered up with a little yellow sticky note.
7: Okay, so we're going to stop right here on this covered word. And the teacher says, what could this word be? Let's look at the picture. We're going to see if the picture helps us to figure out what that word would be. The
6: kids can't see the word. It's covered with the sticky note. So there's no way they can sound it out. They're just trying to figure out what the word could be based on what's going on in the story.
7: If we think about what's happening so far in the story, we know Zelda and Ivy's dad made cucumber sandwiches for lunch. And Zelda and Ivy didn't want to eat the sandwiches, so they ran away. And now they think their mom and dad will... Will what?
6: Zelda and Ivy ran away, and now they think their mom and dad will... Scold them? Find them?
7: Find them? Do you think that covered word could be the word miss?
6: Ah, miss them.
7: Could it be the word miss? Because now that they're gone, maybe their parents will miss them.
6: The teacher asks the kids to think about whether miss could be the word using the strategies they've been taught.
7: Let's do our triple check and see. Does it make sense? Does it sound right? How about the last part of our triple check? Does it look right? Let's uncover the word and see if it looks right.
6: The teacher lifts up the sticky note, and indeed, the word is
7: miss. It looks right, too. Good job. Very good job. Go ahead and click on the next slide so you can practice this strategy on our next part of our story.
6: This seemed weird to Corinne. Why have kids guess the word? Why not have them look at the word and try to actually read it? (laughs)
3: well do you have any theories as to why
5: oh you know my theory it's (laughs) it's, it's, uh very very clear just like uh we are currently witnessing a complete i was it kind of struck me today uh 1984 terms from the book are so overused that they're losing their power which is unfortunate and also something kind of 1984 ish but um they literally are memory holing the idea that you were vilified for the lab leak. Like they're vilifying. They're like completely memory holding that, it, that anybody ever said it wasn't a lab leak. It's not a lab leak. It's not a lab leak.
8: Mm-hmm.
5: And it's happening before our eyes. And in the future going forward, they're not going to ever reference that it was a bat thing and that you would get suspended from social media or fired from your job or whatever for saying it was because it's an actual thing from 1984 where it's being memory holed. Right. In 1984, at the end, or kind of three quarters away through the book, he starts talking about the destruction of language. language and if you take absolutely. the words away from the proles to mean rebel, to mean rise up, to mean freedom, if you take those words completely away, the proles, the proletariat, the commoners, the normies, they cannot articulate what it is that they're going through and what they would like to to aspire to
3: and that's even real life today too i think it was canada where they're like oh freedom is a code word for for being an extremist yeah like beware I the extreme people that say you know they're all about freedom oh so I can I can verify from going through and getting my you know, I graduated as a very practical English literature major and philosophy minor. <laughs> and then it's like, wait a second, I I need a job. I'm not going to be a professional golfer? What? Okay, well, I'd better <laughs> So, then I got a master's in education and my first job, I was hired before doing student teaching uh cuz Arizona didn't have many teachers and one of my classes was reading improvement to high schoolers so these are kids in high school still can't read and guess what the curriculum was Shoot. these reading strategies you're ser- you're serious this was this was going on serious. back then context clues uh You know, what could the word mean? Not so much pictures with high schoolers, but like, you know, yeah, look at the first letter. All this stupid stuff. I thought this was fairly new. This is surprising to me. No, this is... uh, They say in the podcast 20 years, uh, but it's longer than that. Well, the podcast is a year or so old, too, but um, yeah, it's at least turn to the turn of the millennium old
5: i cannot tell you how uh odd and also amazing it is to have t- having spoke about this podcast this particular one and and the the way that they're being taught to read these days and then to walk around my house and hear my son sounding out dr seuss books legitimately sitting on the couch going t- the to the, and like <laughs> just reading it by sounding it all out, it's, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yes, I think just keep them on that track. Whatever they're yeah, teaching yeah. them, at, I don't yeah. know if they're going to try and teach them a different way to read at school, but we're definitely teaching them that at home. And we oh, have a million great. we have a million books. Our kids love books. I know your your kids probably love books too. Well, our our older one does. I mean, she
3: reads voraciously. Yeah. It's her backpack. She can barely carry it, and it's like, well, why is your backpack so heavy? Well, I have twelve books in there. It's like, why do you need twelve books? We're like, we're going to the store and back. Like, why do you need twelve books with you? But anyway, um, the Kindle. I told you, you see the Kindle. But the <laughs> but the younger one mm-hmm. is in the uh, same school district yes. because she needs
5: special ed. Where the Gal, you talked to a, um At work. I talked to a, at, a co-worker who, who brought this podcast to, to yeah. my attention, and she her kids are enrolled at Piedmont schools. Yeah. So this
3: is... Oh, let's see. I don't want to step on... I, I don't think I clipped the part. It talks about how... Oh, give him a cozy place to read, and lower the lights, and just make him like love reading. Like, okay, that's great, but if they can't read, it doesn't matter. And you go into the library at the um, early childhood center, and it's totally like that.
5: That's, you know, that's lame. Today, today in the car, driving with all of the chaos in the car, my son was in the back seat, sounding out words and, and reading. <laughs>
3: So, so this gal that's doing, that's narrating the podcast and this is, she talks about all the people they interviewed and all the research she did and legit, you can tell she did. I mean, it's very well researched and she doesn't hedge it all either. She's like, this stuff is totally wrong. It was proven wrong 30 years ago and she goes through why it's still being taught, even though it was proven wrong 30 years ago. Um, and this, it actually goes back, this stuff was, was originated like in the 1970s, so it it wasn't necessarily like full bore in the U S back then, obviously it started in New Zealand, but, um, what struck me. So here's this gal, she, she's figured out that public education nationwide is doing the wrong thing and schools are not teaching kids to read like 65% of fourth graders can't read at a fourth grade level
5: it's bad right now by the way I was looking at some statistics because I knew we were going to talk about this there's like 60 schools in Illinois where there's not a single student who is proficient in reading or math at the current level yeah and I, I spoke to a gentleman. He's a real estate agent here in Edmond. He's in close contact with the governor, the mayor of, of of Edmond. He's a he's a big deal. He's he's talking about that the schools and the governor's aware of this and they're all trying to figure out, you know, the politicians are trying to figure out what to do with it. Since 2020, there's not, you know, Oklahoman kids are all behind because mm-hmm. of what COVID did to kids. I mean, it's bad right now. Yeah, it's, yeah.
3: Covid took it to a whole n- nother level, especially for kids developing, like either trying to learn to speak, and everyone's wearing a mask. Yep. Yep. Like, okay, I mean that that's created a epidemic of, uh, you know, language delays. They call it language delays. It's like, well, yeah, at a certain point, you don't catch up. Yep. You just don't develop the language capabilities you should have. So. But what I was going to say, so this gal nails it with this podcast. And at the same time... <laughs> I know what you're going to say. <laughs> at the same time, you hear just some of her offhand comments, and you could tell she questions absolutely zero of the narrative outside what she's actually studied. Right. And this, this clip shows that. We'll go uh, clip three. It didn't seem like they were really teaching him to read.
6: This is one of those parents
9: seemed like they were teaching him to sound like they could read.
6: I contacted this parent after I saw his posts on Twitter. His name is Lee Gall. He lives in New York City. And in the middle of COVID, finally vaccinated, I hopped on a train from D.C. where I live, and I met Lee on the Upper East Side of Manhattan.
4: Hi, Zoe.
6: Hi. Hi, uh, <laughs> we're picking Lee's daughter up from school. Her name is Zoe, and she's just about to finish first grade. She goes to the public school that's a few blocks from their apartment. The school was using the same reading curriculum that Charlie's school was using. We're in one of the richest zip codes in the United States. Zoe goes to a school with a great reputation. You'd think she'd be taught how to read. But that's not what Lee was seeing. When the pandemic hit, he lost his job. So when Zoe was at home doing Zoom school, he was there watching everything, just like Corinne was.
1: I would hear her reading, and I would hear the other kids reading. They weren't reading. They were doing what the teachers told them, and they were just guessing.
3: (laughs) Just guessing. (laughs) It's like, so, so you've got these strategies, yeah, teach you to guess. There's only 26 letters. Yeah. There's only so many sounds that these letters can make. If you learn those, you can put them together and read. You go slowly at first, but once you learn, you learn. And, yes, and do you remember, this is, I remember it from when I was a kid, uh,
5: the ridicule of Hooked on Phonics. Bro, this is such, this is a complete mind trip, dude. I have... I went to, we we all know my wife thrifts. I went to the thrift with with my wife. I I have a box. 1992, all the cassettes, all the workbooks. (laughs) I have a Hooked on Phonics box. It cost me whatever it was by the pound. I'm sure it was a couple pounds. So I probably paid three, four, five bucks for them. They're selling on eBay for anywhere from 20 to 50 bucks. But I'm just going to hold on to it. It's all the cassettes, all the workbooks, Hooked on Phonics work for me. Yep. And that was the name of our uh, podcast a few weeks back. So this has definitely been on the forefront of my brain. Yeah. So, so there was
3: Hookdown Phonics was a private market solution because the public school systems were were failing, and that was even before the full on whole language stuff. This was just the sight reading stuff, which is is bad enough. Where it's, it's like, just you you don't don't put the don't put the letters together. Just see the whole word and just learn to
5: recognize the words. So you're Uh, saying, okay, so we are doing some sight words at a school. You're saying, are you saying sight words are bad? So just, you know, they're usually words like the, the, this, the the same word.
3: Sight words predate the whole language thing, which is the reading strategies she was talking about. Okay. But it, and in some ways the whole language stuff was a an attempt to get away from the sight word thing, hmm. okay. but it, they went the wrong direction. Interesting. Okay. So, so the issue with sight words, it's fine for those type of words, although, sure. you know, it. I don't think you have to really focus on that. Like, you know, full on readers, it's you see the word the thousands of times a day. Like, you'll figure it out. You don't have to, like, oh, memorize the actively. But, um, yeah, so the sight words were were bad enough, and that's what the Hooked on Phonics thing was a response to, was the shift in public education to the sight words thing. But then instead of shifting back to phonics, they went full on this whole language, quote, in quotes, and the the reading strategies, the cues or the clues, depending on who you're you're listening to. So,
5: can I can I interject just for a second here? And sure. this is a question that you, as a former teacher, might be able to answer. But how much of a role? Do you think that parents play and the lack of interest in school for the parents is it? Do, do our parent did our parents care more? Did they care less? Does it seem like kids' parents today care less? Do you think this is affecting it, or is it? Is that just another variable we don't necessarily need to get into?
3: Well, I think well let's let's just. Let's stick with what we got. Delay that because it comes up in some of the later clips. Oh, okay. Let's do it. Um, But, yeah, I I think (laughs) parents are important. But I I think one of the interesting things that comes out from the podcast is the parents in this episode all figured it out because of COVID and because they were actually seeing what their kids were being taught for the first time ever.
5: Yeah, one of the worst. So it's the best things about it.
3: Yeah, one of the Bill Gates operations of, uh, (laughs) you know, the New World (laughs) Order operations of the pandemic actually had some unintended consequences. You know, we talked about they took the sports away and people started paying attention. And then the uh, parents actually saw what was happening in their kids' school because they were working from home or, you know, or laid off because of the pandemic or what have you. So, yeah, this is... Yeah, let's do uh, the long-term impact of these reading strategies.
6: Says It comes as a shock to a lot of families when they realize schools aren't teaching their kids how to read. Suddenly, they realize they have to teach their kids themselves or hire a tutor, which she says a lot of them do. But not everyone has the money to hire a tutor or the time to do the teaching themselves. And what you heard about the way Charlie and Zoe were being taught... That can actually harm kids. Those word-reading strategies can create bad habits that are really hard to break.
10: He doesn't look at all the letters and words. He doesn't look
6: at all the words and sentences. And reading is miserable for him. This is Kenny Alden. She lives in California. She was in her car when we talked, waiting for her kids who were at soccer practice. She has two boys who were 12 and 14 at the time. It's her younger one she's worried about. He omits words. He
10: adds words. He'll substitute a word that makes sense in the context that has a few of the same letters as the actual word and just cruise
6: right on. She gives an example. He was reading out loud, and the word was irrepressible. But he said irresponsible.
10: And I've got so many examples like that. Just the other day, the word was misguided, and he said misjudged. He said effective when it says efficient. I could give examples from
6: now until forever. These kinds of mistakes can really get in the way when it comes to understanding what you read. A middle school teacher gave me the example of a kid who thought that in 1939, Poland invited the Germans into their country. (laughs) That's a lot different from what really happened. The Germans invaded Poland. What's going on with
10: my son is that he was made to feel successful by not looking at all the
6: letters in the words. He learned those strategies, things like look at the first letter, use the picture, think of a word that makes sense. That's what he was taught, and that's what he did.
5: Poland invited the Germans (laughs) in.
3: I love the fact she had to, like, explain the joke there, too.
5: Wait, but Pol- <laughs> so Poland, they didn't Wait, but-
3: What's Wait, what are they talking about? What happened between Poland and Germany in 1939?
5: I mean, your average man on the street can't even name the, you know, the, the war that that was, so... Yeah. <laughs> uh. But this is... So, you got a
3: 12-year-old, and he, he's still doing the same, He's doing what he was taught. Hmm. And that this is—it's an intentional operation. I don't, you know, she goes over and over like, "Oh, the teachers think they're doing the right thing," which is, I believe, is true. I don't. Yeah, it's, I don't
5: believe you can get every teacher to be like, "We're gonna screw over the kids." No, no, no.
3: It's just they—they're they're teachers in general. As a former teacher myself, I'm allowed to say it. Are, uh, were generally really good students themselves. Like you don't have a lot of like really bad students that become teachers. And because of that they're they're followers and so they go right on following all the way through school and through education. That's college, interesting. And I they never, just never accept what they you know they accept what they hear and oh, this is right, you know, I'm not gonna question it. I gotta get an A in the class and and then they just, you know, propagate that same mentality. They're not in general, they're not, uh, people who question the system a lot, put it that way. So they're in, in this scenario, they're the dupes, but I'm, I'm saying there's some intentionality by the, uh, the publishers, and I'm not going to get into the, to those clips, uh, but she does cover that. And the people who make the decisions on curriculum, which is where it's all at. Yeah. That's where the power is. Yeah. It's you you've got all these different school districts, this and that, and you've got like four publishing companies. It's ridiculous, yeah, yeah, so
5: no i i yeah, the gal I was speaking to, my coworker said that uh they do this is like taught at every school everywhere. I was like, well, we're in private school over here, she's like, probably taught there she's like it's taught, <laughs> it's taught everywhere yeah. Her, just to kind of elaborate and, you know, I said her name or anything, so this is anonymous, but just to elaborate, you know, her son is uh, dyslexic and also has family members who speak Spanish. So, there's two more variables to add into a a poor way to learn to read that doesn't help him in any way. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, so. Well, the dyslexia certainly doesn't, but.
3: Yeah. That, I mean, we could get on a whole separate tangent of foreign language learning and how you should be learning that when you're four years old, not waiting for high
5: school to try and learn a second language. 100%. And I agree with that. And I'm aware of all of that. That's why we're trying to get uh, try, trying to get my son to learn to play the piano uh, early. Because if you can learn music early, it's apparently a little bit easier as well. No, but... The idea that you you now speak Spanish, you right. but you, you gotta sound out or write Spanish. You have to sound out the words. Well, how do you do your guessing with the you know with a completely different language? How do you do the the guessing game or whatever? Yeah, well, and
3: the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> I don't, have you ever watched the the National Spelling Bee thing on oh, ESPN? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's always homeschool kids. Yep. Yeah, uh, basically a hundred percent. Yep, and and uh, they're always
5: not not generally white children. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> from, always from a specific continent. <laughs> yeah. one of two countries <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from yeah. India or China. Yeah. So, but
3: they've got you could tell they've got parents, and that's the the other end of the spectrum where they are. Not only learning English and phonics in English, they're learning the root languages of English. And this word comes from Latin. Right. Yeah, this yeah. word that's comes from, the, and this deri- is how the, derived from the Latin. spelling yeah. typically goes with yep. these Latin roots. Yep. And with that, yep. I mean that's a. In some ways, it's unnecessary, but it if you have at least some of that knowledge, then it makes a lot more sense, right? It's not, you can't can't be tricked on phonics. Work for me. Oh, it's so stupid. How letters can make different sounds. Oh, it's so impossible to learn. It's like, well, (laughs) yeah, English is a a hodgepodge language and that's why you, you know, that's why you have that effect. But all right. So we've got a, a question for Tim. Oh, Okay, Excited. so let's let's play clip five. It's a very short clip, and then I've got a question for you.
6: Kids who are not on this path by the end of first grade rarely catch up. And that's because of this thing that's been dubbed the Matthew effect. It's a biblical reference. Basically, when it comes to reading, the rich get richer.
3: All right, Tim. Do you know what... What biblical verse or story the Matthew effect comes from? I had never heard of it.
5: (sighs) There is... I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to say something kind of crazy. But uh, I do know that there is a, a theory out there that the rich young ruler or the rich man who came to Jesus and said, What do I do? And they said, Sell your possessions. There is a theory that that actually was Matthew, because Matthew was a super wealthy individual who later came back and became a disciple. That's a theory. I don't know if it's true, but I can't imagine what it would be.
3: That was, that was a good try. That The uh, story of the rich young ruler is an actual story that's in the Bible. So, this uh, the Matthew effect, so-called um, is supposedly based on Matthew twenty-five uh, twenty-seven. And it is the verse where at the end of the parable of the talents, you know, Jesus told the parable yes. of the talents where someone gets five yes. talents, they turn yes. it into ten. And it
5: one at guy gets the
3: his the, talent. Yeah. And and then he's his one talent is taken away and so, he says, to whom much is given, much is expected, you know, expected and uh, those that have nothing, even that will be taken away. In the context of that parable, that has been converted to the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, which is not the point of that no, parable whatsoever. No, And so, the Matthew effect is named after, or it comes from the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, which isn't actually
5: in... The book of Matthew. but Oh, that's yeah. good. So well, uh, kinda, my favorite, my favorite, one of my favorite biblical quotes is... Uh, or <laughs> God bibi- helps them, who've helped help themselves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, the Benjamin Franklin
3: verse. Is that uh, Hezekiah 14, verse 1?
5: It's in yeah. third, Corinthians. <laughs> third, third Corinthians.
3: Interesting. That's weird. What a weird... Weird deal. It's a biblical reference. Do you think she knew the biblical reference, though? No. No, I don't think so. But uh, yeah, there's something, you know, you look it up, there's the Matthew effect. All right. Uh, Let's play clip six on a possible solution, and this comes back to your question earlier.
6: If you get off to a good start, you tend to like reading more. You tend to do it more. And the more you read, the better you get at reading. But the opposite can happen. You don't get off to a good start. Reading is confusing and frustrating, and you don't really like it. Zoe didn't get off to a good start with reading, and then her dad swooped in and changed that.
4: Squid. Mm -hmm. Squid. Squid.
6: Zoe was lucky, and Charlie was too, because his mom, Corinne, did exactly what Lee did. After that disastrous reading assessment, when she realized Charlie had no idea how to read the words, she decided to teach him herself. She went to the Internet, she bought books, and he learned pretty easily. Which tells you that Charlie wasn't struggling because he has a reading disability. He was struggling because he wasn't being taught,
9: just like Zoe. I I shudder to think what would be if I hadn't been home all this time and seeing it, you know?
6: It's possible Zoe would have been fine, and Charlie too, if their parents hadn't intervened. Some kids do eventually put it all together. They don't need much instruction. But 65% of fourth graders in this country are not proficient readers, according to that test I told you about at the beginning of the episode. Scores on that test have been terrible for decades. And the problem is even worse when you look beyond the average and focus on specific groups of children. The most alarming statistic, 82% of Black fourth graders are not proficient readers. That's more than 8 in 10 Black children.
7: I think a lot of people just expect that some kids
6: will never read. What Corinne Adams just said, lots of people have said this to me. Reading scores have been so low for so long that many people have come to accept that this is just the way things are. Not something schools can do much about. Corinne Adams says what she's learned over the past couple of years is that if you want to make sure your children can read, you should teach them yourself.
3: That was the end of the clip? Yeah, that was it. Oh. Did they talk about decodable books? Mm, I don't think so. I, I
5: I think I deleted the wrong part of the clip. sorry uh, nah, That's all right It was it, still it was it was poignant. I do have a I'm, hold on, s- I want to say something about what we just heard. Yes, I'm really glad yep. that the the eugenics people failed because we wouldn't <laughs> we wouldn't want to come up with a cradle to grave way to make sure that black kids never get ahead. Yeah, no kidding huh I mean it's just it's nonstop. the eight and ten can't read. Of yep. black kids in by fourth grade and then you just lower the expectation where they then by the time you get to middle and high school then it's you know black lives matter and don't be you know right pre- it's like there's this like culture of low expectations so then of course we don't need to raise the expectations for them we need to lower the expectations for everyone else so that they don't feel bad and then it's straight to you know, affirmative action, and then to the drug laws, and then uh, on into uh, welfare state, and the, and the man can't be in the home. I mean, it's just a just a almost yep. like a, and it's almost like a planned out way to make sure they don't they they never succeed.
3: And the overall average, sixty five percent not being proficient readers in fourth grade, that's really bad. And I, you know, the eighty two percent is it is worse. And as she said, thank you for pointing out that eighty-two percent is more than eight and ten. <laughs> okay, I think we need some statistics literacy here. Also, if we can't tell percentages, or it also you know, stuck out to me, and I was like, yeah, that's a, that's like a Common Core math thing. Let's put it into tens. All right, but what? what but like, I, I think I think if you look at population-wise, if there's I think the cities are probably
5: the worst. Sure. I what Definitely. I mean, what happened to us? I'm 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 old err than you. I'm forty two. I was born in nineteen eighty. I remember I remember uh fourth, fifth grade, we go around the room. You read a paragraph out loud in front of everybody. And mm-hmm. there was and there was a kid, I never never forget this kid, his name was Eddie. He couldn't read very well. And he got so nervous because he had to read in front of everybody, but that was just it. You had to do it. Like, everybody read. I, I don't know, man. Like, And I don't think my parents were especially um, interested in helping me learn to read. I don't think they read to me much. I think it was like... a. I remember a couple of times my mom read to me. I thought that was a treat. So, I don't think it was that. I mean, I must have just learned the old-fashioned way. Like, sound, sound it out. Yeah. So, I'll, I had... I'll tell you, I've read, noth- I've read for hours and hours and hours to... My kids. I mean, my, awesome. ki- my kids yep. can't go to bed without... some. You know, they have to read a book mm-hmm. every night before bed. I mean, I have read... They, 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 we have, we probably have more books in this house than toys. My wife's side of the family, they are avid about uh, a couple of things. And one of them is like, books are the greatest thing ever. Read a lot of books. And so <laughs> we have just books on a pond. But we had to buy a whole new bookshelf because the old one broke because it had too many books on it. I mean, we have <laughs> just books and books and books. And... We read to them like crazy and and now it's cool my my son's actually reading but my daughter she she my daughter if you leave her in her room will just sit there and read books. She's 2 years old. She's clearly not oh, reading wow. them. She's yeah. not she's not reading them. She's just opening the right. pages and yeah. looking at the pictures but we've encouraged that so I guess I guess that is good. We also don't let them have any devices so that's that's also important. That helps. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean it it all plays into it, right? Yeah. I mean the with the screens and the and TV, just how it, your brain processes it differently. So it's like, why would I? These words are just sitting there on the page, and I have
5: to, <laughs> I have to do all the work.
3: I don't just get to see pictures thrown at me, you know, rapid fire. Like, yeah. what's up with that? So is there like
5: a TikTok for books I can do?
3: Or <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all part of it's all part of it. So the decodable books is just like phonics based books. Okay, where they intentionally. Are you know, it's like okay, you're working on this sound, like this combination of letters equaling this sound, and then we're going to put a bunch of that in this story along with other stuff that you already know, and so it builds on each other. So it's uh, I threw a link in the show notes, haggertyorg backslash decodable books, and they've got uh, explicit phonemic awareness and phonics instruction come together in our new. To t- kindergarten to second grade foundational skills curriculum. So, and it's basically like for, you know for teachers or for parents. If your kid is not, you know, if it's not working, something you can do. So possible solution there. I'll have to check some of those out. And uh, as far as childhood, yeah, my mom um when she wasn't homeschooling yeah, us, that's right, you were home. was a kindergarten teacher, so that's And I, I don't think, I don't think she ever had a kid that couldn't read at the end of kindergarten. A student, so, and it's you know most of her, she later taught preschool too, and most of them could read. So it's, yeah, I mean the kindergarten teachers, it's that's important, that age, you know, whether you teach them yourself or, and this this kind of goes back to my point that I've talked about many times is don't be intimidated about teaching. Like, okay, you're not a professional teacher. It's a one-to-one or one-to-two teacher-to-student ratio. You will do a better job than someone trying to teach 30 kids at once that was brainwashed in the ro- intentionally wrong way to do it. Like, you just will. Yeah. You will do a better job. So As we talked
5: about previously, my... You and I offline talked about my uh, son is becoming disruptive at school. He's uh, a little bit bored (laughs) (laughs) and he's a good kid. He's not, he's not like me when I was young. He's just, he's over it. He's past where we are as a curriculum and we got to figure out a way to get him some harder work or something.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other part about a normal quote, normal school setting is it is impossible for the teacher to teach to anyone except the middle on down. Right. Like you're, if, if the, if your kid is doing well, they're getting, I can guarantee you, they're getting next to no one-on-one attention. The teacher has to be putting out fires all day. It's just the way it is. It's not that like, like we said earlier, it's not that the teachers are intentionally sure messing up the education of your child it's just it's an impossible task to try and teach you know 30 kids in a kindergarten classroom so all right well i want to save the other one i know you do so so uh, what do i know you brought some clips you want to transition over to
5: sure let's see what we can transition to that i have oh we heard from, uh, this This is just a one-off clip, but we heard from Jerome Powell today. So, <laughs> so let, me know, let me know what you think about this clip here. You know, a CBDC, you, I think you're asking whether, whether a CBDC would serve some of that. But a CD, CBDC is going to be years in the evaluation. And, you know, uh, I think we can get this into the hands of the public very quickly. And I think we'll have real-time payments in this country
3: very, very soon. And yeah. so that, that's a good thing.
5: Is it so? I don't know, it's kind of hard to decipher that. I he's saying a CBDC will be in the future, years in the making, but we'll have real time payments very, very soon. What will that be?
3: So, is that referring to real time payments between
5: the Federal Reserve and actual people? That's a great question. Or is it real-time payments in between different banking? You know, like, because nowadays they've got it down to where you're, you know, if you Venmo somebody or PayPal or whatever, ACH, or even what's the, they all have their own uh, one in the the bank account, Stella, Zilla, whatever the heck it is. You you know, you guys know what I'm talking about. Those immediately show up in the person that sent to his account and then immediately disappear from your account. At least it looks like that. But in the background, it takes two, three days for those to clear either financial institution. They're just making it available mm-hmm. ahead of time. So is it like instant payment between each other? I don't know. I just thought that was weird. So,
3: well, and that's James Corbett's covered the relationship between the federal reserve banks and the commercial banks and how the commercial banks don't want to get cut out
5: of the deal. Right. So,
3: yeah, uh, where did that clip come from?
5: That is uh, Jerome Powell's second uh, day of testimony today uh, before Congress. Uh, he sent the market tumbling uh, a little bit today. Mm. Uh, is- he did not raise rates. He said it would, the decision had not been made yet for raising rates later in March. <laughs> It's a little but bit did, weird. It's a little bit weird too. Like I'd, I'd like to hear that. What question he's responding to there? But. Oh, my apologies. I should should go back and clip that. But yeah, he. I think I'll, I'll have to go back and look at that. But um, yeah, the whole thing. It just re, like these guys. They question it, saying, "Hey, you're going to raise rates. It's going to cause, you know, the uh, you're trying to f- cause not deflation, but disinflation." disinflation usually takes place when there's jobs are lost is you trying to, are you trying to make sure everybody loses jobs and it's it's just a weird thing because like he's there like testifying to congress but it's like congress when it comes down to it what what oversight does congress have over the federal reserve right none yeah it's all a show it's, it's all a show so you you, you got you got guys who are like, hey, I'm going to. I got Jerome Powell and I got my five minutes and I'm going to tell him what I'm for. Ter- tear him a new one. Yeah. My, my constituents will love this. But at the end of the day, Powell's facial expression never even really changes because none of this matters. Yeah. It's just a bunch of people asking him stupid questions. Really weird. Really weird. It's like the whole thing is just a. It's like a mock trial for nothing.
3: Yeah. It's like. You know what you could do, Congress,
5: (laughs) is get rid of the Federal Reserve. That's what you could do. Well, Jerome Powell and the other Federal Reserve people are like, You know what you can do, Congress? You can shove this for (laughs) the sun. We're we're, going to do whatever we want. So you guys can just uh, deal with it.
3: Yeah, and whatever they want seems to be, uh, let's destroy the country. Yeah. Yeah. It seems, I mean, they... If there was a time to just, you know, grit your teeth and bear it, it was after the 2008 stuff. Yeah. It's not now. Yeah. We've kicked like, the... Like, oh, oh, now we're worried about inflation? Okay. We've kicked the can
5: <laughs> so far down the road, it's like, uh, how do you how do you even begin to start this? So, you know, who knows? Who knows what they're going to do? I, uh, I'm keeping an eye on it, but... Not that I understand it. One thing I've noticed about finance is that they this game will stop when they stop it. It you yep. know for for years. I mean, ever since we started doing the show, the economy is going to collapse. This is going to collapse. The hazard marks. Gonna, everything's like, and nobody knows until they stop the show. The show goes on. That's right. That's but really the, them raising interest rates
3: is the way that they stop the show. You think so? Yeah.
8: yeah.
3: I mean, that's already. You know, I mean, it's already messing things up. It is. I mean, you could say, you could you, say they shouldn't have been so low for so long, which is true also.
5: The average but, interest rate over the last 50 years is 8%.
3: Yeah, and we'll probably we'll probably go... If, if the current rates, what are they now, 6? Oh, no, 7. Really, 7? Yep. Yikes. Um, if that doesn't break it, They'll go to eight, and if that doesn't break it, they'll go to nine. You think so?
5: Yeah. I don't know. So there, if if that's the you know if that's the timeline, if well if okay so but then you have con like you have people who are in office who are going to be blamed for collapsing the economy. Like you don't want to be the guy in office when the Federal Reserve decides to jack up the rates far enough that the whole thing collapses. So there's political pressure to not mm-hmm. be, but but like it's not. I don't know. It's not like Biden's going to be remembered as a great president anyway
3: yeah but they i mean they could wait for trump and do it under trump yeah you think trump's to,
5: trump's coming back
3: i don't know i mean i don't know i don't know
5: <laughs> i don't know if it'd be a good thing or not i don't either but, i don't i don't think i think in some ways it'd be good but in other ways it'd be bad yeah thank but if they sh- if they shows. wanted to wait until it was
3: not by you know yeah, To to blame it on someone, DeSantis or Trump or whoever, they could do that. Yeah,
5: based on his uh, teleprompter writers, his audio guys, and then whoever does the red lighting when he gets mad and sh- sh- holds both of his fists up, I'm not sure <laughs> that he's supposed to be someone that is admired for a long period of time, but I don't know.
3: <laughs> Biden?
5: Yeah. 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 Um. I have something else. Uh, so here's something. I, I talked about this on the show a few weeks ago with uh, Tyler, and we've been talking about it a little bit since. And that's just kind of the attack on the dads, the, uh, the, ta- the attack on the head of the household, you know, this bumbling idiot, you know, the Homer Simpson type. Sure. He can barely le- lead the ev- family. Every father character in every TV show for the last 40 years. Exactly. Yeah. They have been dumbed down and and they've kind of just decapitated the head of the family and and it's kind of taken the male leadership role out of their hands and make them look silly. So who needs a dad? Who needs to worry about dad? And I'm I'm fired up. I get fired up about this. I'm the dad. I got to try to do better for my family and I got to throw off the shackles of this baloney. But something that I'm kind of waking up to as I look more and more at this is that... The women, they've been sold a bill of goods too. And they've been oh, yeah. sold a bill of goods about, you don't need kids. You don't need family. You don't you just need a career. And this whole thing has kicked into overdrive as of recently. And I'm not sure if you heard this, but uh, I'm going to play it. This is uh, a short that was on The Daily Show from uh, Chelsea Handler. Have you heard this?
3: Uh, yeah, I think so.
5: Yeah. It is uh, pretty terrible. But this is advertised as what it how awesome it would be if you did not have children.
0: This is a day in the life of a childless woman. I wake up at 6 a.m. I remember that I have no kids to take to school, so I take an edible, masturbate, and go back to sleep. I wake up at 12.30 p.m. and get ready for a busy day of doing whatever the f***. I feel like. I put on my most impractical and stylish shoes since I won't be chasing a child around the grocery store. I go to my fave spot in Paris to grab a croissant. I do a meditation sesh on the plane since I have no screaming kids, allowing me all the time in the world to become enlightened. The weightlessness of my existence has granted me superhuman powers. I teleport myself back home. Then I get ready for a night out with whatever hot guy I met on Raya that morning. I call up a babysitter and tell her that I don't need her since I still don't have kids.
5: Yeah. So, uh, thoughts on that? Oh, the the cope is strong with that one. It's strong, right? Like it... It doesn't...
3: The only person who doesn't see that is her.
5: Right. And,
3: and I don't even believe...
5: Exactly. Yeah. I think that's a great. That's a really great way to put that. That's a really great way to put it. The only person that doesn't see that is her. It, the whole time she's smiling, I'm like, it, are you happy? It doesn't seem like you're happy.
3: She's never struck me as a happy person
5: any other time. <laughs> right. So how was she happy in this scenario? So... One thing that has kind of plagued our generation or our, of of women is you don't need you don't need you don't need a family you don't need kids you don't need a husband don't 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 become subjected to the patriarchy fight the power right like yeah. yeah there are and so now there's a whole new thing that's popping up and it's popped up a couple times on libs of TikTok and a couple other places where there are women on TikTok who are coming to the realization that. This is all wrong. That they were lied to. <laughs> that this is all wrong. Uh, there's a, so there was a, I didn't clip it, but there was a uh, compilation of different women on TikTok talking about how sad they were when they woke up. And these are probably closer to our age, late 30s, early 40s, maybe even early 30s uh, women who woke up and were extremely sad. Because in their dream, <laughs> they had a baby right? who was breastfeeding the, with them and everything else. So then they wake up and they don't have a baby and they're extremely sad. And then they make videos about it like, why? I've never really wanted a baby and why am I so sad about this? And it's become a bit of a, like, it's, a it's a thing where people are talking about this painful realization where they are realizing that they have basically let their whole lives pass to have their career and live the single life. And now they regret it.
3: Hmm. Yeah. If if only, if only there was a book that gave better advice to people, I don't, man, I don't, you know, laid out guidelines about what will actually make your life meaningful and worth living. Hmm. Yeah, that is true. If only that existed. If only there was a book like that. And so, maybe like with the instructions, like real early, like if you could get through the first chapter, you could figure out that you're <laughs> supposed to, you
5: know, go forth and and multiply there. Yeah. yeah. Have yeah, have uh, dominion over all the things. Be good stewards and go forth and multiply. Yeah, and that is uh, right there in the beginning. I, I found this clip. This is a, another woman kind of coming to this realization. It's uh, two minutes. I don't know if I'll be able to get through the whole thing because it's sad. But she uh, she's also coming to this realization. And it, I think that the realness of the situation is educational for us. It's very sad that she's kind of going through this. But it, she just in plain words states, not only have I been lied to, but like there's no... I've I've got myself into this position where there isn't any hope for me to kind of remedy this situation because of the decisions I made having been lied to early in my life.
4: I'm sitting here with just this horrible realization. I've been divorced for three years. And in that three years I have spent most of my days Figuring out how I can become physically, mentally, financially, spiritually healthy enough to be able to afford and take care of a child. And not only have I taken that time, but I've done the math and it. It does not work out. I am not young enough. Or fertile enough. Or financially stable enough. To even do another round of IVF. And... At 36, like... I'm sorry, like, you're gonna say, like, you have time. Like, I don't. Because I can't spend another minute of my life (laughs) trying to make something work when I'm just fighting upstream. I don't have a support system. I don't have the money. I don't have the resources or the community. And it just kills me. It kills me that I had embryos with my ex-husband that were viable, and they're just gone now. And my future, my future with those children
5: All right. Dear Lord Jesus, please comfort that poor girl. In Jesus' name, amen. She was lied to her whole life. Her
0: mm-hmm. whole
5: life she was lied to and she made decisions based on the lies that she now regrets. And that is another thing they've done to kind of torpedo society. To go after the male for the certain ways and then after female in certain ways. And you notice and, and then try to make make the men want to be women and the women want to be men yeah that's the, the panultimate there and also you got you, you could almost throw in some more eugenics there now she's she can't have a baby and is doing IVF stuff so what happened how has she become infertile that that quickly is it you know some sort of something that she's taken or some sort of drug that she was on now that she's you know it makes it even harder for her to have kids there's so many just layers to the lies. Um. yeah yeah like oh yeah don't worry birth control
3: is not permanent and well it could be right you know oh having an abortion won't affect your ability to have kids later well it could yeah physics like
5: yeah <laughs> it's like I don't know we talk about this so much it's like oh so, as a doctor, you're saying, like, for sure? It's like, oh, not for sure. It's like, oh, okay. Just making sure. Cause yeah. You guys have been wrong on a lot of stuff lately. So, I just wanted to say that. I have another clip here. It's very short. I don't even actually remember what it is. Let me see if I can
2: start it here and figure it out. At our vault conference, we have with a couple thousand people there. I challenge everybody to go do a certain question.
5: Oh, this is uh, Paul Bet David. And uh, he is along the same lines. And he meets a... Uh, Uh, extremely, extremely wealthy uh, woman at one of his conferences and this is the this is the the
2: clip of that so. at our vault conference we have with a couple thousand people there i challenged everybody to go do a certain questionnaire the first night and the next day come and share their breakthrough with everybody a lady sitting right here she gets up and she says patrick i have to tell you my breakthrough last night for the last 20 years all i've been trying to do is compete against men to prove that i can make as much money as they make i'm strong i don't need them i'm independent i run a very successful salon i do very well for myself i'm very very successful right now to my friends to my peers i said where are you going with this what What's wrong with that she said the breakthrough i have yesterday is men are not the enemy i want a husband i want to get married i want to have a family how interesting is that right how many endless videos can we see with women in their 60s who bought into the movement to make men and women equal are sitting there saying i regret making that decision because i'm single never been married don't have any kids and i'm alone and i wish i would have married man i wish i would have had kids because i wouldn't have been alone today
5: sorry for that music in the background that's kind of annoying but you get the point uh yeah just something i've kind of run into and it's becoming more and more prevalent on social media uh women roughly our age maybe a little younger maybe a little older who are coming to the realization that this is a this is not the not the best road not the best road and it's and it's it's really really sad in like a very touching in in an empathetic way because as one benefit as men we could we could rally late and still figure out how to do that but with women it it how to have kids maybe or, or you know find a mate that's maybe a little younger than you and still try and get something done but with women it it can really the window can really close and then it's just sad to think that that they would let the world lie to them for that long and then the window closes and they regret their decision just yeah something to keep in mind and just another thing to to look out for in our depraved society and maybe help people that we see making these decisions that one of the highest rated comments on that uh, video that was posted to i think tiktok and then possibly twitter that first one where she was trying to add it all up, but it was like if only there was a place where you could find a suitable mate and a community and it was a giant picture of a church. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't want to laugh at her, but it it's true. It's like, you know, there it's some of you know, it's almost like the Bible is real. God's word was a good a good a good way to lead us and you know, there's still a place to find a viable mate in uh and to find community.
3: Yeah and going way back. I mean, this is not new. Uh GK Chesterton wrote about how, you know, he he was th- at the the issue back then was should women work outside the home? Sure. And so he he says the conflict has always been whose work is more important, but men always knew that women's role in the home was actually the most important. And now they are <laughs> forfeiting the high ground on that and admitting that men's, you know, working outside the home is more important and they want to do that. And it's, he's like, and he's, his further argument is women bring the same tenacity, which allows them to be a mom and manage, you know, manage their household to the workplace and take it just as personally. And he's like, It's not good for the workplace and it's not good for the woman. Yeah, it's not your family. You shouldn't care as much about a stupid job as you do about your family. And you see that a lot with these, you know, women that bought into careers, the most important thing. And yeah, they're harder workers and they are more successful than men. But it hasn't worked out well for anyone.
5: It's, yeah. That's that's a good point, man. That's a really so, good point.
3: It's and, and that was kind of Chesterton's what he was saying is like it's not an issue of women aren't smart enough to to work like right. men are. Right. That's not at all the issue. The right. issue is like you know God designed us for certain roles, and you just sacrificing the entire home life.
5: Uh, for the sake of the economy,
3: not great. Yeah,
5: it would like your superhero status. Like you, like, I can't do it. I can't run the home like you can. Like, I can't care as much as you can. That's like, that's your, that's your thing. I don't, yeah, yeah, I, I, I can't, I simply can't. I, 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 there's a lot of stuff I, I will do, some stuff I will do better, but that, that's not it. That's not it for sure. And
3: uh, I mean, if I get the dishes put away in the right cupboards, that's a, that's pretty good.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might be a little more useful than you around the house, but <laughs> at the same time, my wife, we we talk a little bit about this, but, and by the way, I don't know, I, I totally didn't mean to do this, but it's, it's International Women's Day when I'm talking about this stuff, so, <laughs> but my wife and I often talked about the Proverbs thirty-one woman, and if you ever read Proverbs thirty-one, it's kind of an amazing description of a of a of a wife. And I, I, I'm pretty sure she's working outside the home, uh, at least somewhat, in uh, you know, kind of uh, blessing her family. And, and well, I uh, think she's wor-
3: she's working within the home, and then making stuff to sell outside the home.
5: Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. 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 For sure. But it's. It's a it's a really great synopsis of uh of Which a woman. Being able
3: to accomplish anything while watching small children is you know, I haven't figured that out.
5: <laughs> it's always amazing how they do it. It's just absolutely yeah. amazing. I I think when you had your kids at home, it was just you, I messaged you, I was like, How dirty is the house? <laughs> yeah. When it's just me and my kids, I can keep them happy, or I can keep the house clean, but I can't do. I can't, yeah. do I can't both. figure out how to do both. <laughs> so anyway, Proverbs 31, woman. I think the the world of women. This is not a bashing of women. As a matter of fact, this is me loving women and and pointing out, like, gosh, this is sad to see. Same as the the uh, annihilation of the head of the household. There's been a coordinated attack on you, probably even worse on you women.
3: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) that's the, the surest way to mess up the next generation is to keep it from happening or, or convince and convince women that being a mother is not an important job.
5: So we haven't even gotten into the, it's cool to have casual sex situation and just getting women getting women to believe that was a huge step in the wrong direction (laughs) getting in yeah any women
3: yeah i mean and and that it also helped avoid forming households yeah you know Yep. (laughs) because most men Really want sex, and if getting married is the only way to get it, <laughs> they'll do that. But if you're going to, if it's just available anywhere for without any work or commitment, one hundred percent, they're
5: just gonna do that. And that's why that that's why we're in the yeah. That's yeah. There's a lot of that out there now. It's like, well, why do we even try if it, if it's that's wild, there, wild.
3: There is, you know, low key the pendulum is swinging back. No, I
5: know. I, I know. mean there is Th- these videos these videos on TikTok, I mean they're on TikTok so they're going to young kids. People are seeing it. People are seeing like wait a second. <laughs> this yeah. doesn't look right.
3: Yeah. I've I've got a, a niece getting married uh this summer that's you know she just graduated last year. So graduated from high school last year. So it's and she's getting married to a guy who's like learning, you know, apprenticing to be an electrician. I think I I could have that part wrong, but um, you know, like doing actual work that you get paid well for. you could provide a, <laughs> provide for a family without sixty grand of or hundred grand of student debt. You know, one of those <laughs> jobs. So
5: yeah, and you've You've missed the punchline. And she's going to be a, a housewife
3: well i mean maybe once they have once they have kids but she's you know i mean they're young enough to have a family yeah it's that's important and that's the the other lie is kind of the opposite of like children aren't important careers are more important it's like Children are so important. You have to have everything perfect before you even consider having kids, and that's a that's a big lie too. And that was like you're never
5: ready to have kids. You could hear that in that poor girl's voice that the first part. She's like, "I'm adding it up, and I can't get to it." It's like, ah, help God. Just pray. God will help you figure it out. Make you know, make the baby figure it out. Yeah, it's not over at 36. There's a chance, but unless. The other choices that were made previously affected it. Yeah. Which is the chance that they did. There's always you can always have kids later. You can always have kids later. All of a sudden it's later. And now you <laughs> now you're Chelsea now you're Chelsea Handler and you can't fly to Paris for a croissant. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yes. <laughs> Spend all day on a plane for no reason. Ugh. Great. Yeah. yeah. Well, meditating on the plane, because you have superpowers. APM sold a story to lead us in for to a donation segment where I don't have the spreadsheet ready, but I can read directly from the source. Well, before you do that, All right. we didn't we didn't
3: bash on women, but can we bash on Portland?
5: Oh, bro. It's always open season okay. bash on okay. Portland. As a matter of fact, if you're bashing on Portland, I have a follow-up story.
3: Okay, so this yeah. this clip is from uh this guy, Dustin Michael Miller, who who's a real estate developer Uh in Portland.
5: Oh gosh.
3: (laughs) 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 Business is tough. (laughs) So he is, you can, you could just tell from this guy, even while he's making this video about this thing that, that happened to his workspace, he's got a huge smile on his face. You could tell this guy is like a go getter. Like he is probably great at what he does. Like, if i were in a position to hire a real estate developer or work on a project like this is the guy like you you know go-getter people person all of it and uh here's what he has to say about his current life in portland
9: all right portland i'm done with you i'm over this has got to stop okay this is where i work i work right here a lot during the day well look what happened last night those are bullet holes the bullet holes and if I was here, it'd be the back of my head right now. I can't deal with this anymore. We've got to stop this, all right? So that's, that's the conference table.
3: I'm usually chilling right there. That's, uh, you know, you have a lot of meetings there and everything. Um, this is my office. Here, I can stand up here. This is MLK, I'm right on MLK and Hawthorne. Uh, but man, I'll tell you what, I'm out. I'm out looking at uh, properties to buy and I'm not dealing with this shit anymore. I'm over it. He's some follow-up interviews with him, too. And it the guy's a lifelong Portlander. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's, he, it's not like he's been there a few years, like lifelong, built a business, real estate development for a long time. I'm sure he did very, very well. He's a huge office, all glass windows, and
5: bullet holes. Yep. Yeah. That is crazy. I got one for you. I just came across this uh, yesterday, so uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but Amazon announces store closures in high-crime cities. Amazon has announced it will be closing several grocery stores in high-crime cities like New York City, San Francisco, and... Portland. Portland. Seattle! Oh, Seattle. Okay. But claims... They probably don't even have a store in Portland. No, no, no. But claims the measure is related to cost cutting. The retail giant said it would permanently be shutting down eight of its 29 Amazon Go stores, which are designed for maximum convenience as a shopper can just scan the items as they leave with no staff required. Criminals can also conveniently jump over the barricade with no one there to stop them. Despite the cashier free system helping Amazon's bottom line, the company claimed it was closing the outlets because they haven't met profitability expectations. So they.
3: All right. So they got rid of. They don't have scanners to just scan. No. Wherever? Like if you. Okay. They just jump. This incredible high-tech system, and it's foiled by people jumping over the barricades? Yes.
5: You walk in, get your stuff, and walk out. As long as you go through the barricade, it scans it as you leave, then it just deducts it from your Amazon card balance or whatever. Right. This was the store we talked about probably years and years ago on the show. But... The irony is not lost on me that the home of Seattle, home of Seattle, home of Amazon and Starbucks both closing their downtown locations. So thank you very, very much for all your help with your anti. uh, Oh, but thank
3: you for the anti hockey arena anti arena.
5: anti-union stuff. Thank you, see, uh, Starbucks for your anti-union stance and all of your, uh, you know, pushes to get these extremely socialist uh, people elected. Thank you, Amazon, for all the money. Anti-union in- or pro-union? Starbucks. Yeah, Starbucks is pretty anti-union.
3: But that would be the opposite of socialist.
5: Uh, no, no, no. They were uh, anti-union and they uh, got socialist uh, council members. And Just in as like a virtue signaling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they definitely did. Um, and then uh, now we have uh, Amazon who has brought so many tech quote-unquote millionaires to the area that the entire downtown became uninhabitable for a normal uh, person with the right amount of income. So they became the only people downtown. So you basically, essentially have... Crazy homeless heroin addicts and Amazon tech millionaires downtown. So thank you guys. It's it's been awesome. Uh, The downtown (laughs) Seattle, which was a wonderful place, a place where I went downtown late at night, like 10 or 11 o'clock at night and met my wife at a concert where now I would not be caught dead like like nobody's even down there even during the day. They're closing mm. the mall downtown. They're closing the Starbucks downtown. They're closing the Amazon stores downtown. But don't worry. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. So, anyway.
3: Yeah, that's that's interesting because Amazon really thought they were going to take over the world with that
5: store idea. Yeah, except that they their silly <laughs> policies have developed to the point where there's a homeless uh issue. And I can't blame Amazon totally for that. I can blame them for raising the cost of living by bringing in all the employees that they brought in. But Amazon fought and fought and fought to try and get some of those city council people out. Because those city council people who Starbucks and other liberal corporations helped get elected have been just terrible for Seattle. Charging like a $500 head tax. So if you have a company in Seattle for every employee, you have to pay $500 just to be in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how much money that is for Amazon? It's a lot of money, <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, they've been trying to get those people out of it. Just the whole thing is a mess. But hey, Amazon is Seattle closing some locations because they're not quite profitable in downtown Seattle. Cool. Yeah. Or Amazon Starbucks, not Seattle. Whatever. You understand the point? I'm like a forlorn lover over here, just mad about it. <laughs> just mad about it. Yeah.
3: I I don't miss it. I don't I miss, either. Miss some people, but I've <laughs> I've yet to be like, man, I really wish I was back. No, in the Northwest. I so.
5: went. I went. I went back. I went back for Christmas, and I was like, it's so pretty, and I hate it here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. San-
3: sanity is beautiful, Tim. <laughs>
5: <laughs> sanity and chemtrails that's the uh, yeah, title can, of oklahoma
3: we, yeah it's
5: you know thank god there's 20 mile an hour winds almost every day hopefully mo- most of that stuff isn't making it all the way down yeah we, we need to legalize milk
3: <laughs> and make chemtrails Ill- illegal we got you know paradise on on earth here in oklahoma you, you
5: know how cheap milk is here compared to the rest of the country if you go to brahms right now you can get two gallons for six dollars of whole milk true story two gallons six dollars you can't get one gallon in seattle for six dollars i mean no. i don't know if i told my kefir story i bought kefir in uh, seattle when i was there it was like seven dollars and 86 cents with tax same bottle of kefir here in oklahoma Three fifty nine with 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 tax, like yeah. this is, it's insane. It's insane. Anyway, real food comes from cows, so just <laughs> remind everybody <laughs> of that. Uh, and we, I can get back up from the uh, Garden City Ranchers. They also would agree real food comes from cows. So that's what we should be yep. eating: real food yeah. from cows. Well. Uh, you want to
3: play the transition clip into the donation segment now?
6: Sold a Story is a podcast from American Public Media. It's reported and produced by me, Emily Hanford, with Christopher Peek. Our editor is Catherine Winter. Digital editors are Dave Mann and Andy Cruz. Mixing and sound design by Chris Julin and Emily Havick. We had reporting and production help from Angela Caputo, Will Callen, and Cole Marie Rivera, and fact-checking from Betsy Towner-Levine. Special thanks to Chris Worthington, Lauren Humpert, and Christine Hutchins. Our theme music is by Jim Brumberg and Ben Landsverk of Wonderly. The final mix of this episode was by Derek Ramirez. We have five more episodes coming. You'll be able to find them all on our website soldastory.org. You can find links to all of our previous articles and documentaries about reading at that website, too. Again, it's soldastory.org. Support for this podcast comes from the Hollyhock Foundation, the Oak Foundation, and Wendy
3: and Stephen Gall. (laughs) So, when you're thinking, hey, you know, why can't Andrew talk better? Or... Or why can't Tim put out a podcast within four days of when they recorded it? Are they even really talking on Wednesday? How do we How do we verify this? Just remember that there's not multiple producers and reporters and fact checkers, and it's just us.
5: Sound editing brought to you by (laughs) Tim Kilkenny (laughs) Research brought to you by Andrew Hoffman Clips brought to you by A a free clip Clip maker from Audacity Via Andrew's computer (laughs) Clips also brought to you by A computer purchased at a garage sale By Tim and Audacity Intro voice Brought to you by Tim's wife Intro Brought to you by Witness the Light Music, who is awesome and made an amazing intro. Thank you. Outro music provided by Apoptic Mug Berserk. And I don't even really have permission to use it, except I heard he listened to our show one time. Uh, Web hosting and web design provided by Tim Kilkenny. Uh, Research into the English language provided by Andrew Hoffman. Uh, (laughs) God. So Uh, ubiquitous, ubiquitous use of the word, um, brought to you by Tim Kilkenny, (laughs) ADD incomplete distractibility brought to you by Tim Kilkenny, (laughs) keeping us on task with an agenda brought to you by Andrew Hoffman, fact-checking brought to you by, we fact-checked ourselves. Come on. What kind of an adult needs a fact-checker? You guys are terrible. Fact-checker. What are you, a boomer? Oh, I fact-checked your facts. Yeah, you might, I don't, might, I don't, might have <laughs> wanted
3: to fact-check that vaccine before you finally got it there, Emily.
5: <laughs> oh. If you, th- if
3: you think the corporations in education are corrupt, wait till I tell you about Big Pharma. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather work for the education corporations no than kidding. Pfizer. They just want to make kids stupid, not kill them
5: off. <laughs> This would be a good time for the okay. So now let's get into our let's get into our ad reads. This feels like a, a good moment. Oh yeah, like, we, we could we could do an ad read. Like, would... like right now, we could do an ad read. Like yeah, hey, these are chomping at the bit. Education system is better than the kill you system. Ha ha ha. <laughs> I'm Andrew Hoffman, and I buy gold. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would if I could. I guess, but yeah. But if you did, would you go to our friends at goldforge at goldforge.com where they can send you a, a brand new American Eagle? All right. Who cares? Who cares about what I'm talking about? We don't read ads. Oops, you're going to have to. You know, you're, you know, we don't read ads. You're going to have to donate in order for us to make this thing work. You're also going to have to donate for me to not take five days to upload the show. My apologies. I will get this show <laughs> uploaded quickly. Things have been busy and I apologize. We got uh, t-ball and all kinds of stuff going around. No excuse for that, though. I'll I'll I'll, I'll be better. So, uh, to start off the donations, where are we here? Do do do. Did we? Wow. We got some give and go donations. Let's see Good. here. Yeah.
3: This is it's a surprise to me too. Yeah because they're it's not, not on the spreadsheet because
5: they're not on the spreadsheet well they're not on the spreadsheet because i didn't even get a chance to look at them all yet so let me just start with paypal uh because that list is much shorter uh autumn from snoqualmie washington donated her monthly five dollars thank you thank you thank you very much autumn. kyle with an h donated his monthly ten dollars thank you kyle penny with her uh penny that de- donated twenty dollars Uh, I should know where these people are from, Snoqualmie, Washington, Kyle, gosh, I know where Kyle's from, come on, Tim, let me open this up, I'll go back one, Kyle, I'll I'll find it, Kyle's from Newton, Massachusetts, and Autumn is from Snoqualmie, Washington, as I said, and Penny is from Mesa, Arizona. Thank you oh, very nice. much. Thank you very much, Penny. Thank you very much, Kyle. And thank you very much, Autumn. That concludes our PayPal donations for this week. We will move over to the Give, Send, Go. And Give, Send, Go, what was the last thing we had listed for donors? Was our good friend Rick from last week gave us the money. So from there on, we have Caroline. And Caroline said that if. I leave her off the donation list this time. She gave us five dollars through Gives So thank you, Caroline. And I believe Caroline is from Los California, Angeles, California. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she said if I leave her off the list, she's going to have to draw a cartoon if I leave if I leave her off the list again. So I don't know if that's <laughs> a, a threat to send us a bad drawing of of us. Like I'd be into that. Like is it a bad drawing of me? We could I'd be interested. <laughs> doesn't right. seem like much of a threat it doesn't it doesn't it's a hollow threat but i've left her off the donation list for some strange reason there was like a give send, go. Well, i think we read it but
3: we read it as an anonymous
5: yes exactly so and that. give send, go there's like the page and this is what i've been using now is the front page what is basically anybody can see the stuff i'm reading now but then there's also like a back end and on the back end i have everybody's name so I don't know I don't want to use the back end one because I don't know if that's what you want to be called or so anyway. um, Next up, we have a good one. you see this over here? Cliff from Narnia. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thank you, gentlemen, each for your honest perspective. Well, thank you, Cliff from
3: Narnia for your (laughs) dishonest location representation.
5: (laughs) Hey, maybe he's there. (laughs) he wandered to the back of a wardrobe and found himself in Narnia. so uh, the aforementioned um, Garden City Ranchers otherwise known as Chris and Karen uh, donated $50 thank you Chris and Karen thank you very much Chris and Karen this is an anonymous donor and this donor told me who he was I have to go back in my emails but he's anonymous here so he will continue to be anonymous but he wanted me to know that it feels good to donate feels good uh, another anonymous donor says It's good to receive your donation. Thank you very much yeah. Another anonymous donor for five dollars. Thanks for this great community. Thank you, thank you And then my buddy Kyle from Kent, and uh he said the perfect blend of optimism and doom. Thanks for all <laughs> of your hard work, Tim and Andrew. It is much appreciated. I have a side note I want to get to after this by the way. Uh, Next up is, and by the way, Kyle gave us $150 from Kent, Washington. Oh, wow. Thank thank you, Kyle. Kyle. Then Jonathan, and Jonathan says, hey, I'm from Northwest Arkansas. Hey, guys. So that was $5 from Jonathan. And then, of course, we had Danny from Medford, Oregon, who gave us $25. So thank you very much, Danny. Danny. Appreciate you. Um, I got a text message from a person. I will not let this person be known because he had no idea I would read this on the air. So we'll call this person anonymous, but they are a listener to the show. And uh, he said, Tim, thanks for bringing the ying to Andrew's yang, lol. You guys make quite the podcasting pairs. I love it. Andrew says, oh yeah, you don't have to worry about that, Tim. We won't live until we're 80 anyway. Ha 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 ha. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm glad somebody else found that funny. It was I was so I was so thrown off track and offended that it was actually funny. And so I just moved on. It was like, okay, well, it's fine. Just trying to talk about how we don't need to use our phones that much. And Andrew's like, ah, the phone will kill us before we get to 80 anyway. Like, <laughs> well, not just the phone, but. <laughs> Either way, I think that uh, his point was well received. Uh, thank you. Thank you, anonymous person. Who obviously you're not anonymous to me, but uh, you never knew I'd read your text message on the air. So it just it gave me some some levity throughout the the, the week. All right, I think that's it. So if you'd like to donate to this show, you can. I threw a donation button. There was a gentleman there's a gentleman who keeps bothering me. He's awesome. I love him. He talks to me on Twitter. He emails in. He says, put a donation. Button in the app because I live the app life so I'm trying to get a donation button in the app and I I don't even know if it came through and so but I I have a button where if you push it it'll take you to like buy me a coffee oh which reminds me we have another donation totally forgot about that Uh, almost forgot about it again but uh, we got a buy me a coffee donation great yeah uh, it takes me to the buy me anyway. We have a I have a single link. It's like a link tree, and it takes you to our PayPal, buy me a coffee, or give send go. Oh, you did do a link tree. That's great. I did a link tree, and I was I used it in a little button that was in the middle of the show. But I don't know if it actually came through. So yeah, we have some money over here. Look at this, someone two weeks ago, literally just someone. Uh, Gave us twenty-five dollars. So there you go. Buy me a coffee, someone. Thank you. For Thank your you very much. Twenty-five dollars there. I oh. will put
3: copper in it and enjoy the coffee. <laughs> coffee, error and my my new thing, thanks okay. to uh, Adam, Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak. Maple syrup in the coffee. Have you Have you tried it? I, I heard him talking about it. Yeah, and it covers up the, a, a relatively small amount covers up the copper bitter. So there's a kind of old school maple syrup in, in a couple months, so I have to go get some of that. All right, you cut out and then you came right back. So it covers up the bitterness... Covers up the bitterness, and I was saying that the uh, co-op over there in in Edmond, mm-hmm. your neck of the woods, well, a little north of you, sure. Uh, they're getting in some some fresh, straight out of the tree maple syrup, so made the old-fashioned way. So I'm I'm excited to try and get some of that and and work that into the coffee routine. So. Yeah,
5: I, well, I've been doing i have going to do some interesting stuff too with my diet training for the marathon coming up at the end of April. Man, it's getting close. Uh, but one thing that, you know, there's a big, anybody who does any working out, lifting weights, or even just running pre-workout is a big thing. People take pills or drink an energy drink or, you know, do something for, and by pills, I mean like a, a supplement. Niacin is actually supposedly a great pre-workout. So you just get all <laughs> fired up for your pre-workout or whatever, but I stumbled on a bunch of guys who were like, dude, the best pre workout you can do is just black coffee and a spoonful of honey. Like, just because I guess it just gets, it's it's like nature's glucose, nature's sugar, nature's, you know. Yeah. And it's not like a huge crash. It gives you sustained energy and carbs and. Sometimes well, that, I, I have it. There's before a run. reason why the Promised Land was the land flowing with milk and honey. Yeah, no, I know it. I think of the same thing. Samson finds the the honey in the carcass. I mean, it just uh, there's a lot of spots in the Bible where honey's mentioned. I'm like, eh, should I eat this giant, or should I eat this like super processed goo that's going to be supposedly a pre workout that's good for me, or maybe just take a spoonful of honey. In the long run, yeah. which one do you think is going to do more damage?
3: It seems like uh, good quality honey is more readily available around here.
5: Yeah, I, I agree. I understand. I, I totally agree, and I have so no idea why. Lots of
3: raw honey, and yeah, just, you
5: know. I have a I have a spoonful uh, in this tea I'm drinking here. It was from a local place, and my wife keeps a lookout for them too. And there's just little spots around here, and it's good. You know, good prices. It's great. It's great. Yep. And I think you'll need it as spring comes because there's a lot of weeds around here, a lot of things to be allergic to, so I know that helps with it. Yeah, yeah, it is supposed to help with that.
3: Well, hopefully we don't have another <laughs> endless sickness. The Youngest daughter's doing pretty well, finally. She's finally over the gunk, and, and she's happy as a clam. <laughs> she, she's pretty happy when she is pretty messed up and sick Mm -hmm. still. But when she's not, (laughs) not feeling miserable from that, she's rocking out to songs in the car and having a good old time. She blowing kisses at, at cubbies. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mm,
5: Pat. That's what she said. Mm, Pat blows a kiss. It's awesome. It's awesome. So, um, I was. I'll say this. Uh, one thing. Another thing I've noticed. Kind of keeping in touch with different people via Twitter, or even through this podcast. I feel like I, my month-long sickness and, that turned into pneumonia was ahead of the curve. Feels like a lot of people I know over this last month or two have been, you know, have had some family member sick for extreme, for you know extended periods of time. Yeah, where somebody. Yeah. It's like almost like I had it first ish, but. Anybody I know with kids has really been struggling with like bugs going around and stuff over the last few months. So, praise the Lord, we went through it, and hopefully, it doesn't come back and we don't have to do it through it again. But it, it I don't feel as bad about or weird about me being sick that long. Right. You were not the only one. I was definitely not <laughs> the only one. It, no. it, it seems like other people got it just a little bit later. So, very strange, very interesting. Anywho. What what do we got? We got a, we got a few more things before we get out of here. What do we got next?
3: So, I'll I'll plug I uh, just put out a Substack which is Project 86, the
5: best rock band on the planet. You put out a Substack. Substack brought to you by Andrew Hoffman. Writing brought yes. to you by Andrew Hoffman. Fact checks brought to you by Andrew Hoffman. Proofreading brought to you by an anonymous by source.
3: Anonymous editor who may also be involved in in the Corbett report? No, no, no. Just maybe. So Project 86 versus transhumanism part 1. And as part of the research for that article, you listen to a bunch of rock music. Well, there's I mean that's the the video, but Andrew Schwab the lead singer, I listened to some interviews of his and one thing that he brought up was this uh, stupid podcast from uh, Lex Friedman and Ray Kurzweil. So, the Lex Friedman podcast. Apparently very famous. I've never listened to it before. And interviewing Ray Kurzweil, who is the transhumanism singularity guy. And so, I forced myself to get a couple clips. So, we've got Ray Kurzweil, clip one on simulated biology. Let's listen to this, this genius. For example, the uh, issues
1: like simulated biology, where it can uh, simulate many different things at once. Um, I mean, we, we already had one example of simulated biology, which is the Moderna vaccine. Um, And and that's going to be now the way in which we create uh, medications. But they were able to simulate what each example of an mRNA would do to a human being, and they were able to simulate that quite reliably. And we actually simulated billions of different mRNA sequences. And they found the ones that were the best, and they created the vaccine. And they did and talked about doing that quickly, they did that in two days. Now, how long would a human being take to, to simulate billions of different mRNA sequences? I, I don't know that we could do it at all, but it would take many years. They did it in two days. And one of the reasons that people didn't like vaccines is because it was done too quickly. No, it was done too fast. Uh, and they actually included the time it, it took to test it out, which was 10 months. So this So they figured, okay, it took 10 months to create this. Actually, it took us two days. (laughs) And we also will be able to ultimately do the tests in a a few days as well. Oh, Uh, because we can simulate how the body will respond to it. Yeah. More and more. That's a little bit more complicated because the body has a lot of different elements, and we have to simulate all of that. Uh, But that's coming as well. So ultimately, we could create it in a few days and then test it in a few days, Mm -hmm. and we would be done. Uh, and we can do that with every type of medical ins- you know insufficiency that we have so curing all diseases yes. um, yeah. improving f- certain functions of the body supplements drugs for recreation for health for performance for productivity all that well, kind of stuff well that's where we're headed because i mean right right now we have a very inefficient way of creating these new medications um but we've already shown it. And the Moderna vaccine is actually the best uh, of the of the vaccines we've had. Uh and it literally took two days to create. Uh and we'll get to the point where we can test it out also quickly.
5: Man, this miraculous drug that's killing people all around the world only took two days to make. That's great. <laughs> uh where to start. Uh f-
3: probably the least important part of that clip, but did you notice how Lex Friedman said drugs for recreation oh. instead of <laughs> instead of like <laughs> recreational drugs. <laughs> Which uh, there could be kind of a you know Fordian element to that too, but recreation, transhumanism, singularity, the AI taking over everything. So they he just claims. Oh, yeah, we've got it all figured out. and Moderna is the best vaccine that's ever been made. And we did it in two days because we used a a computer to simulate everything. And And we won't even have to do what he's talking about testing. He's talking about no longer needing to do human trials because we'll just run it through the AI simulations a few billion times and it'll tell you whether it's safe or not craziness yeah and then to the the lack of awareness because this was not that long ago i mean it's not like you know people have probably listened to this months ago but not that long ago and just to be so oblivious to the fact that uh no it's people aren't upset because the vaccine's were put out too fast. They're upset because... They're, that was just the narrative under Trump. Like, oh, they're rushed. I don't know if I can trust them or not because it's Trump and warp speed and what have you. They're upset because they know someone that died suddenly and took this junk. You know, that's what's upsetting people. But uh, yeah, I, no trust in the the AI simulated biology medicine path to singularity and um, you know, oh, we'll be able to cure all
5: diseases. Sure you will. What? I I feel like I feel like our good friend, Dr. Future used to talk about Ray Kurzweil pretty often. I could just hear his voice like saying the name. Sorry for the yawn. It's getting later, but uh, just saying Ray Kurzweil. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's been around a long time Mm -hmm. and and, you
3: know, the people have been buying his baloney for a long time, too. He's a genius, so, Andrew. You know, it, it, you could tell he's getting pretty old now. And I wonder why he chose 2045 as the date of the singularity. Could it be that he knows he won't be around to, for people to tell him, dude, you're wrong? Like, okay. It's, it's like the, the preachers that get media attention because they predict the date of the rapture.
5: Is he old enough? Has he, has he reached the, uh, um, oh shoot. I forgot what I was going to say. Go ahead. No,
3: I, I don't have much more to say. I mean, it's pretty obvious what I think of of that clip and that interview in general and transhumanism. But if you aren't clear and need a little more transhumanism bashing in your life that you might check out that article or the, The substack.
5: All right. Should we play clip two? Tidbit on the first computer?
3: Yeah, I just thought this was actually interesting. I hadn't heard it before. I don't know if you had or not. So, yeah, go ahead and play that.
5: You know, once we can
1: amplify our brain with computers directly, which will happen in the 2030s, that's going to keep growing. It's another whole theme, which is the exponential growth of computing power. yeah Yeah, so looking at price performance of computation from 1939 to 2021 right so that starts with the very first computer actually created by a german during world war ii
8: Mm
1: -hmm. and you might have thought that that might be significant but actually the germans didn't think computers were significant and they completely rejected it
3: did you know that the first computer was invented by a nazi
5: I didn't. That's weird. There was a counting machine. To te- the te- the Well, I
3: knew IBM sure. had contracts with yeah. the Nazis. You know, yeah. got to and track the
5: Jews. concentration camp yeah. people. And they used punch cards. So it wasn't necessarily right. a computer.
3: Yeah, That's well, wild. it was...
5: Hmm.
3: Yeah, so according to Kurzweil, and of course, you know, he knows everything... Uh, the first computer invented by a Nazi, but it's not significant because they they didn't think it was important. Like okay, or you know, alternative views of World War II and what happened to those Nazis and how most of them ended up in the U.S. government and NASA and conjuring up demons. Wait, what? Yeah, just you you wonder what demon had the the. Idea for the computer. Idea for the computer or
5: planted into the There's literally demons in a computer, brain, you know that, right? So well, it's a D de- it's like a, it's called a D de- it's spelled D A E M O N, but there are demons in the computer.
8: Hmm.
5: Yeah. It seems
3: like not something you would intentionally put in. <laughs> you wouldn't want any so. demons in there? Yeah, I mean
5: obviously I can't use a computer a lot is a computer so. that uh multitasking computer operating system. A demon is a computer program that runs as a background process rather than being under the direct control of the interactive user. Hmm. Yeah. So that's where they got the term D a E M O N, which is kind of a,
3: which was the spelling of demon like Shakespearean era.
5: Really? Yeah. So you're saying Francis Bacon put demons in the computers?
2: <laughs> I, don't, I don't have clips from the,
3: the sermon you sent me that had the interesting Francis Bacon stuff. We, we'll save that for a future future episode. Yeah. But you should thank people for sending you sermons.
5: You yeah. The call and I, apologize. To- I apologize. I wanted to thank everybody. There was a few people who I put out the call to get some sermons for my runs in the morning, and I got a couple of people who sent some in from the same preacher, which I thought was odd, but uh, appreciate you guys sending them in and send send any more in that you find good. I got some time to listen to them, so good deal. Yep. All right.
3: Well, that pretty much that does it for my clips. Let me see if I've got anything I really wanted to talk about. Uh, just an interesting. Alex Jones is right category. The sure. WikiLeaks put out a tweet today. The CIA worked with UK intelligence officials to turn microphones and TVs into listening devices as well as targeting control systems used by cars and trucks. Well, there that you go. came out of Vault 7. It was a new tweet. They linked to a CBS story that talks about the hacked Samsung TVs. Hmm. Um, but that's like from clear back in 2017.
5: i have had smart samsung tvs for uh, five to eight years and you know what i've never done i don't know what have you never done connected them to the internet oh okay because yeah. they reached a point where it's like i don't want a smart tv i just want a dumb tv and then i'll use a my apple tv box or my roku box or whatever i'll just use that for the because i don't want the tv itself to be connected to the internet i'd rather have a box that i use because it's just not as the interface is always weird and then there's like some like they actually use like an admitted program to help with uh ratings to like see which who's right. wa- who's watching what I'd- with the smart tvs how do you keep it from being connected to the internet? I mean, I know you use a I never connected it.
3: Yeah, but, but you got to
5: if you got a Roku or whatever connected no, to No, it. no, no, no. I I connect the Apple TV or the Roku to the internet. No, that's fine. I do that, but the TV, a lot of them have cameras and everything on them and stuff. I don't connect them to the internet. Yeah, the TV itself. <clears throat> but anyway, um so yeah just get you know because five or six years a while back there were like there's there was no more dumb tvs you had to get a smart tv it was like oh okay cool yeah. i'll take your smart tv with your weird operating system and all a bunch of sp- weird bloatware that i have no idea what it is or understand and i'm not gonna connect it to the internet i'll just get a roku box or an apple tv box so it's my own little thing yeah Uh, let's see I have well
3: do you remember the clip I played with Robert (laughs) with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. where he asks about surveillance of him with the Mm. former CIA guy right he's like you think they're watching me through the TV and he says no no they just have someone outside your house (laughs) like (laughs) all the time but maybe they're watching you through the TV too I don't know (laughs) I don't know (laughs) If you're a Kennedy, then they've probably got all all the systems working.
5: You hear he's maybe going to try and put in a bid to run I, for office.
3: I did, and I hope he doesn't. Just keep making keep making podcasts and put the truth out there, and you know, it's politics is not it. I, I mean, mean, I would I would support him, but yeah. <laughs> they are not going to let him win.
5: Yeah. Verse verse of the day. I snuck a verse of the day into uh, part part of a sermon that I came across. But um, as everybody knows, I've been training physical training for the marathon and just thinking about doing training and getting physically fit and just thinking about what does that look like to get mentally fit, spiritually fit. And uh, I, I caught this clip of a sermon which. Uh, I thought it was good, but it's uh, going into when Paul's talking about running a race.
9: The Corinthians.
5: Oh my gosh, that's really loud.
9: <laughs> would have been leaning in whenever Paul asked the question. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. Now watch what he doesn't say. He doesn't say all athletes are disciplined in their trying. Notice that. What does he say? All athletes are disciplined in their what? In their training. in their training. Stop trying and start training. They do it, these athletes. They do it to win a prize that'll fade away. It was literally like. Reef, like the reef will literally wither up and die. That's what they're gonna do for this reef um, of uh, little leafy reef. It's gonna fade away. But we, as followers of Jesus, we do it for an eternal prize. So, because we do it for the glory of God, because we train for something that's gonna last for eternity. Paul said, "I run with purpose in every step." I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Stop trying and start training.
5: I just thought that was good. He went on a big rant before that about how when you ask people how they're doing or what they're doing in Christian life, they're like, well, I'm trying to pray more. I'm trying to read my Bible more. I'm trying to, trying to. And he's like, just just start looking at it like you're training, like you're training your physical body, like Paul talked about, like training to run a race. Just, just make time. Read the Bible a certain time every day. You know, try to pray or not try. Train. Try pray every day. Just make the time, and it's like, you know, I like the idea of training your spiritual mind and your, yeah, training your yeah. spiritual mind like you train your body, setting aside time to to get that training in
3: yeah and And, uh speaking of well weak transition but uh I was gonna say speaking of athletes uh Novak Djokovic you know healthy enough to win the Australian Open but guess what country still won't let him in
5: United States? United States. Is his name Djokovic? His last name is Djokovic? Yeah. Uh uh-huh. Interesting. Interesting. So they were the
3: pretty much the last country, as far as I know. It's still keeping... You could come in if you're a citizen and don't have a vaccine, but not if you're not a U.S. citizen. Hmm. So. Just gotta keep everyone safe
5: from the COVID,
0: yeah,
3: or
5: something, or something. Well, all right, man. Well, I think that's gonna wrap it for us, yeah.
3: Yeah, I've got some Jockey Lule quotes if you want them, but we don't.
5: Oh no, sure. To... Words of wisdom. Let's do it. What do we got <laughs> for for uh, Jocky Lool? What's he gonna What's he gonna tear down today? <laughs> Uh, let's see.
3: This is specifically from the Meaning of the City. Uh, got the a link to that in the Substack article. He's got a book called The Meaning of the City, which kind of lays out the role of the city in the Bible, which is mainly to uh, replace man's need for God. So this, um, and he. He points out that the first builder of a city was Cain. Cain is completely dissatisfied with the security granted to him by God. And so he searches out his own security. He will satisfy his desire for eternity by producing children. And he will satisfy his desire for security by creating a place belonging to him, a city. Um, Cain has built a city for God's Eden. He substitutes his own for the goal given to his life by God. He substitutes a goal chosen by himself. And the scriptures tell us what man wanted to do when he created the city, what he was hoping to conquer, and what he thought to establish. And this narrative of the origin of the city is essential, for we see there in its purest state and express simply the feelings of the builders. Such feelings are no longer evident in our modern day when the prodigious complexity of the world hides the simple plans of the never-changing human heart. Which I think that's... There's a lot in there and it's like when you boil it down man everyone is (laughs) like what you were talking about we're either training ourselves to follow god or we are working just as hard but in the opposite direction to get away from god and to prove that we don't need god and that's the whole transhumanism thing and Ray Kurzweil saying oh yeah we can cure all the diseases with the supercomputers and we'll merge with them and what have you it's all it's a false false hope false salvation uh, and <laughs> we need God and so absolutely the, Yeah. that's the you know like we've we've said before you you will worship you'll either worship God or you
5: will worship very much the opposite of God, so absolutely, yeah, it actually just kind of struck me, maybe that was why I think we might have figured out why we weren't fooled by covid um I think just recently with covid the the war become actual physical harm being done to us um at least blatantly and people are becoming aware of it now but I think that actually might be what's going on is you and me and our listeners have always known that we were at war in our minds, we were at war for our minds for this this whole time America is a weird place now you know, it's like you you can get food you will get the basic necessities even if the government has to give them to you (laughs) They will, give you, they will give you food. They will give you a place to stay. They will even give you a cell phone. But that's not the struggle. The struggle is not to live because there's abundance of crappy food and, and bad lifestyle out there, which is easy enough to just live. No, the struggle is for the space in between your two ears. And we've yep. known that. And I think we've always exercised our minds in that. It's a weird time to live because we're not fighting an external king like in Babylon or something like that we're actually fighting for the space in between our own two ears and that you and I have always known and our listeners at least are know now that this that is the most valuable real estate and that that is what is we're truly overcoming in a day-to-day basis being bombarded through all of our senses to try and hijack that space and like the pastor talked about in that clip just taking the time to To train yourself to, okay, I'm going to read my Bible at this time every day because this is what works for me and I can make that time and I cannot be looking at a phone and I refuse to let uh, the world invade that space. And, and, And this is the time I'm going to pray and I refuse to let the cares of the world invade that space too because this is important and this is how I want to start my day or end my day or do my lunch break or whatever it is. But we knew we knew when, when COVID came out, it was okay. This is we're, we're used to this. You're you're coming after our minds. You're trying to trick us into doing something. We're not going right. to do it. Andrew and I are just not going to do it. I bet a lot of people who listen to it too are the same way. As soon as you start doing that, we're just not going to do it. It's just right immediately. Yeah, you
3: see all the you see the propaganda. Yeah, you see the tricks. Yep, and and you know, <laughs> what did it do for me? It made me so dig, mad f- dig further into the oh, yeah. anti vax thing and be like oh yeah literally vaccines don't work because they can't work not a single one of them
5: yep yeah. so that's and i that's, didn't i didn't go any more radical but uh, you know i was more surrounded on a day-to-day basis with people who did you know kind of buy into the narrative and was kind of socially pressured into you know, not pressured into doing anything, but I was definitely socially pressured and, right. uh, it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it didn't work when I was a little kid. It didn't work when I was a teenager. It doesn't work now. I don't, yeah. I, I it's, it's uncomfortable. I don't like it. If I had to choose between being socially pressured by my peers and not, I would definitely choose not. I'm not like a superhuman, but I'm not going I'm. I'm not going to change, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's,
3: Man, I, <laughs> have you seen that meme? I I, I could probably express things worse than I could a few years ago, but man, I I can see it. You know, I can, can see, see it, it better. Yeah, yeah, I can see it way better. And you there's, that? it all fits together. Like it, it, it all fits it together does. on the propaganda lie side, and it, it, it all fits together on the, you know, God right. created
5: the world and everything in it, and, and this is all a trick to make us forget yeah. that that happened. Yeah make us think that there's something else going on i i mean chemtrails what is the chemtrails angle i've been noodling on that too like i know it's part of the huge agenda part of it is just to hide the
3: sky man i mean you start looking at the sun and the moon and and the firmament up there yeah and it's like really i mean Spinning water ball through space? (laughs) Half a million miles an hour or whatever we're supposedly moving, really? Yeah. yeah. Because it seems seems pretty still out there and almost like it was very much designed. (laughs) So
5: Yep, yep. Have you seen that meme where the guy's standing there in front of a whole group of people and he's like, Yep, you are all wrong. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah.
3: <laughs> where they're like what are you saying that we're all wrong yep yep yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep that's what i'm saying and that's a that's the thing like the scott adams like oh the anti-vaxxers got lucky this time Unless it wasn't know, luck because they're so stupid it's like no you didn't
5: no, <laughs> you didn't. Ex- you didn't experience it. You want to deconstruct it, Monday morning quarterback it afterwards. You didn't. De- you didn't feel it. You didn't know what it was like throughout. Yeah, it wasn't it's, luck, man.
3: It was not, not luck, and it was, and it shows. You know that, like we always go back to with the. Oh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, the past, true did. Uh, arthur,
5: arthur Pulowski,
3: yeah Pulowski. where it's like you know god separating people and get off the fence and we're that process is still very much playing out and it's been a surprise at who's on what side of the fence in some cases but i certainly don't want to go to the other side so no, i will not be going to the other side of the fence yeah Anyway, uh, long and rambling, but that's w- that's what we do here. Sorry.
5: It's what we do. No, it's <laughs> long and rambling is what we do and I I think to circle back to kind of what started my ramble. We've known that this is a war for between your two years. So, yeah. That's probably what kept us ahead on COVID. And uh, hey, I don't know if you knew this Andrew, but did you hear that the FBI just admitted that the COVID-19 virus came from a lab? <laughs> I don't know. When did we call that? Was it May? April? I'm going to say April or May. What do you think? April, May? We could probably go back and find it. Probably April. Of 2020. Of
3: 2020. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it it was very much obvious then. And that was before getting into, well, that's actually a lie to cover up all the stuff that was going on in the U.S. And the whole paradigm is a lie to cover up what actually (laughs) is happening but yeah it's. but i'm glad you know it's okay to talk about now and like you said at the beginning pretty soon it will be what do you mean no one ever said it didn't come from a lab
5: yeah yep they are literally memory holding this before our very eyes i gotta stop saying literally but they are memory holding this before our eyes attempting to yeah Rewriting history as they go.
3: And that's another part of that rewriting history is, oh, you know what? Those COVID vaccines, they you know what? They were bad. They're not good like (laughs) the normal childhood vaccines. There's a, a warring faction of the mRNA bros versus the traditional vaccine pharma pushers that that's where you get Paul Offit saying, "Oh, I probably shouldn't get a booster." Yeah, you know, there's is actually no evidence that the that the uh, bivalent booster does any good whatsoever. Meanwhile, do you know what Paul Offit? There's actually zero evidence that any of the vaccines you've been pushing for 30 years do any good either. But uh, thanks for being right on on this one one vaccine. So.
5: But at least they tested them versus placebo. So we know that they're at least safe. Whether or not they're yes. effective, we we know. We don't know. still wi- still waiting on that. Yeah. Oh, it's it, they set up a cruel. committee. They set up a committee in 1986, <laughs> so it should be coming any, any any minute now. Any minute now, yeah. Well, always a pleasure. Thank you for doing a show, Andrew. Always a pleasure to speak to all of you. I will get this show out as soon as possible, not four days later. later. So for those of you, well, for everybody, not just those of you, we'll have. Maybe you get two shows in three or four days. So, Yeah, and thanks everybody for listening and hanging with us. We
3: appreciate it.
0: A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at Network.com and thank you for your support of this podcast.